Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. The book of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and verse 6. Notice with me in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. We read to you out the New King James Version Bible. Follow me as I read, please. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Based on that, remember our theme for 2021 is trust in the Lord wholeheartedly. And I want to give you as our topic for today, learning to trust the Lord wholeheartedly. Learning to trust the Lord wholeheartedly. When we're talking about trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly, I want to go back to our New Year's Eve service and mention something to you. When we talk about trusting the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust can be defined as to rely on and place confidence in. So he's telling us as a base that we're going to need to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. We need to trust him. Then he says this, lean not on your own understanding. Don't rest on it. Don't find security in it. Don't support your own understanding. Now, he did say you do have understanding, he says, but just don't depend on it unless God tells you to depend on it. And then in the, verse, the next verse, he says, acknowledge him in all your ways. Understand him, perceive him, and find out the will of God in all His way, your ways. In other words, whatever we do, we want to ask him or acknowledge him or understand what is the will of God for this particular situation. And then we should expect for him to direct our paths. Now, one of the things when we say we expect, we anticipate, we look for, and we ask him and we believe he's going to direct our path or our life. Now, this is what you need to understand. You're not going to always get it right. But because you acknowledge him, he's going to help you in the times when you don't get it right. How many agree with that God has helped you when you didn't get it right? Now, anybody that raised a hand, you just didn't quite get that part. Because everybody that I know about other than Jesus didn't do it right at some point or another in their life. But because you acknowledge him, he got you back on track. Now, God big enough to get us back on track when we get off track. I mean, he's big enough. He's strong enough. In fact, he knew you was going to mess up before you messed up, so he already had a plan to get you back on track even before you thought about getting off track. You don't believe me? That's Jonah. Jonah, it was no secret. You know why that fish was there waiting for Jonah? Because God knew he was going to mess up. It wasn't no secret that God God was sitting there, ooh, Jonah, not doing what I told him to do. What am I going to do? No, he he knew before Jonah did he was going to mess up. So he said, guess what? When Jonah messed up, I got a plan. And when he messed up, he had a fish waiting for him. And when he's he's in that fish for a few days and nights, I'm not talking about what you see in those little storybooks where they had the candlelight sitting in the middle of the fish. I'm talking about dark and slimy three days and three nights. 
when he, when he, them three days, three nights came, he was ready to preach. He could, he would have preached to anybody at any time. He was ready. The three day journey took him one day to get back to Nineveh. He, he told them what thus saith the Lord and then left out the city and went and watched what was about to happen. But anyway, God doesn't not get upset or he doesn't lose sleep when you mess up because he understands that. But thank God you acknowledge him. So therefore he can work in your situation, in your circumstance. I always keep that in mind when you acknowledging God. Don't stress out about doing it perfect, but just acknowledge him, move forward, and let God continue to guide and direct you as you move forward. Now, one of the questions I I had, and I'm still thinking about and still pondering about, is why would God give us a thing like trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly? You think about last year when he gave us following our omniscient, omniscient guide. One of the things he was directing us is that we need to acknowledge him in every area of our life. We think better, we talk better, and when we act better when we acknowledge him in the in our every every aspect of our lives. We're guided by the Holy Spirit in uh, our decision making and family matters and so forth. We're guided by him. It also too helped us that it helped us to overcome fear that was trying to grip many people. It helped help us help us not to be uh intimidated by the enemy because he's the enemy was trying to intimidate people. There was a spirit of fear, a spirit of intimidation, and a spirit of anxiety that was really rampant in the world today. And, but because we we're following the omniscient God it really helped us overcome those particular aspects. We were not susceptible to, at least most of us were not. So this year, he tells us to trust in the Lord wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. And I was thinking about that, and the thought came to me, we got to learn how to trust God. I don't want to take for granted that I know how to trust God. I don't want to... uh Throw in the air, trust God, and not give you practical steps in doing that. So throughout this message, I'm going to give you some practical steps in learning how to trust the Lord. Now, one of the reasons I believe that God has given us this, because some point or another, we're going to be challenged in our trust for God. We're going to be challenged for that. Now, I'm not trying to prophesy doom and gloom over your life. I'm just saying you're going to see something. And it's going to challenge your trust. Now, some people were already challenged in 2020 in trusting God. They were challenged. I mean, this, this is point blank. They were challenged. Churches were challenged. Now, the world, well, you know, the world's the world. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us in the church. So there were some people who were challenged in trusting the Lord. Things happened to us. Things came our way. And we were challenged in trusting the Lord. But God got us through it. And now we're saying, I want you to trust in the Lord wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with sincerity and with truth. Now, learn to learn means the act of gaining or inquiring knowledge or skill by study, experience or being taught to be competent or proficient in something, an area where we need to improve in. It means to be taught, or better yet, to be teachable. When we learn, we're at our best. We position ourselves to gain insight and clarity on matters as well as skills and practices to help us think and to talk and to act better. 
It benefits us and others when we continue to get better. I, I was thinking about this. When we miss opportunities to get better, not only does it hinder us, but it helps us, excuse me, it hinders those around us when we don't take advantage of the opportunities to get better. Learning helps us become more competent, proficient, and valuable in various areas of life, whether it's our family life, our ministry, our business, our work, and so forth. For example, if I want to become proficient in a sport or a trade, regardless of whether or not I know anything about that particular sport or trade, if I decide to become a student or a learner of that, I will spend time learning about the concepts, I will study people, I will study strategies, I will read books and so forth to help me to become better in those areas. And even sometimes I will look at people who were not that good in it, so in turn I can learn what not to do as well as what to do. I will practice and be uh, eager to take feedback, instructions, and guidance. And before you know it, my skill will improve. My confidence and my confidence will begin to exemplify that I am a learner of this particular sport or a trade. For example, I may have a desire to learn how to play the keyboard, but the desire don't get the keys played. Are y'all following I got to practice this. I got to learn. I've got to watch videos. I've got to get with people who are already skilled in this. I got to find out what they learned, what were some good things about it, some challenging things about it. And I got to keep practicing. I can't talk about practicing. I got to actually get on the keys and actually practice. Are y'all following me here? I got to get uh, proficient in the trade. Now, when I get proficient in it, it's going to benefit my team. It's going to benefit the company. It's going to benefit those I work around when I learn a particular trade or skill in that area. And we, it, that's also true for auxiliaries in the church. If I'm going to be a better armor bearer, a helps worker, a praise team member, and so forth, I have to study and I have to practice. And let me say this to you, if you are gifted in these areas, doesn't mean you don't need to practice. Don't mean you don't need to learn. Don't mean you don't need to grow. Don't let the gifting get in the way of what you need to do. Don't let your gifting get in the way of what you need to do. You may be gifted in some things, but you still need to practice some things. Are y'all following me here? Take responsibility to learn more about my role and, and what others are doing, too, so I can better understand how it fits in the big picture. In my opinion, one learns how to gain insight from watching and focus in on people who do well as, as well as those who make mistakes, especially those who make mistakes, repent, and get back up and continue to move forward. Good learners understand that I can grow in whatever situation or circumstance I am faced with. My growth is more about what I do than what others do. Let me say that to you again. My growth is about what I do and not what others do. Don't, I don't need to point the finger at other people and tell them they need to practice if I'm not practicing myself. Oh, let me get out of that because that's a good pl- I could preach on that one. I believe the same is true when it comes to things in the kingdom of God, especially the word of God. If I want to become more proficient in praying and seeking God, that I have to develop the mind of being a student. A student or a disciple is what Jesus told us about. If you are my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. What? A learner of the truth. 
Even when it comes to trusting and relying on God, I got to learn how to do that. I have to take the same principle that makes great athletes or those who are at the top of their field. I've got to discipline myself. I've got to discipline myself in order to do what is necessary. I have to position myself mentally, emotionally, and physically in a place to be focused and learn more about things such as prayer, effective ways to seek God, and, and what does it mean to truly rely on him. And when I mean by seeking God, I'm not just talking about an abstract uh, abstract thing. There are going to be some specific, specific things I'm going to give you here shortly that's going to show you how to really seek God. And not just seeking God, but I want you to seek him according to what the Bible tells us to do. Are y'all following me so far? I have to get in the word of God and see what the written and revealed scriptures teach on these particular areas. And I need to listen to the word being preached to me week in and week out. Prayer is an important aspect behind that because that is a two-way conversation with God. I need to study scriptures. I need to talk about the scriptures as well as meditate upon them as, as the Bible tells me day and night, seeking ways to understand and to share my understanding with others. That makes you more of an effective witness when you study what the Word says. I, I, I've shared this testimony many times before, but I, I just feel led to share it again. Because we need to understand. I remember a time going out knocking on doors and this man just ate me alive. I couldn't answer none of his questions. I felt, I felt like, man, am I, am I doing this thing right? But I went back and studied though. And I went back and I studied for about a month or so. And after I finished studying, I went back and knocked on that same door and I was ready for him this time. I didn't have Google like, you know, we got Google. I could Google stuff. I had to remember it. This had to be old, good old fashioned memory in order to go, bring back to my remembrance what the Holy Spirit was giving me. But I, I went back this time. I was ready for him. I don't know if I went back for the right reason, but I was ready for him. <laughs> Glory be to God. Having a mindset of learning will allow us to continue to know more about biblical examples of people who pray, pursue God, and, and learn how to rely on him with their whole heart. Even examples of people who did not get it right, but got it right, so to speak. There's some people who didn't get it right. You know, the Bible is a very open book when you read it and study it. Now, the best example or the best person we have for an example is the Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. The book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in favor with God and men. So, and Jesus increased in wisdom, the use of knowledge intelligence, skills obtained, the application of godly truth, and statute, maturity, and, mature, and suitable age. In other words, he gained wisdom, but he also matured with his wisdom. And that think that is so important that when we uh, gain wisdom, we need to mature with that wisdom. We don't need to have a whole lot of wisdom, but we have no maturity to go along with that wisdom. He also increased in favor, he, he, uh, partiality, approval, the act of kindness beyond what is due, unusual advantage with God and men, which became useful in fulfilling his purpose here on the earth. See, when Jesus increased in wisdom and statue and in favor, it wasn't for a selfish purpose. He was there to fulfill ministry purpose. For example, when Jesus got ready to preach, he got in a boat. It wasn't his boat, but he got in a boat because of his favor. 
went out from the shore a little bit, and he preached the gospel. That was favor upon his life, but favor helped him to fulfill ministry. When Jesus was getting ready to go up into uh, the uh, to go to his last supper. Remember, they said, you go to this house, go to this person's house, and when you find a certain thing going on, ask them, can your master or can your teacher use his particular room? And the room was already laid out. And he had the last supper. Why? Because he had favor in that situation. And when God wants to use you, he will give you favor. Why? Not for selfish purposes, but for use of ministry. And I thank God he'll give us favor for the use of ministry. And, but Jesus increased in wisdom and use of knowledge, intelligence, skills, and obtain the, uh, the application of godly truth. And this particular G, this particular favor that he had also, excuse me, when he increased in wisdom and stature, it also increased in favor. He was approved. He had an unusual advantage. And God will not only do it for, in this situation, he'll do it for you as well. Now, we see that based on this text that our approval ratings with God and man increase when we grow and make progress in wisdom and maturity. Some of us have thought that if we work longer and harder, that our approval would increase, but not according to the scripture. If we make the right social media, sometimes we think if we make the right social media posts, our approval rating will go up. If we please our boo, our approval rating will go up. But not according to this scripture, wisdom and statue, wisdom and statue, wisdom and maturing will cause the favor of God to be in our life. And one thing I've learned, if God doesn't give you favor with certain people, don't sweat it because God got favor with, with somebody else that'll help you along the way. In other words, if somebody tells you no, don't lose no sleep over it. Don't quit. Don't say to God and tell you to do it. God has somebody that's going to tell you yes if God told you to get a certain thing. And I like that about God because, see, sometimes people can tell you no, and they act like they, they got, they're the only one in the world that can tell you no. Now, God got other people that can help you along the way. God got other people that will give you favor. Listen, don't, don't get upset because somebody tells you no. Just go to the next door. If they tell you no, go to the next door. God got somebody that will help you in your life. And I appreciate that because sometimes that can be, you can get disheartened when somebody tells you no, but don't let that stop you from fulfilling the will of God. Trials, tribulation, problems, and challenges have an interesting way of grabbing our attention, especially if we want to get out of certain dilemmas. Their ability to help us to grow, progress, and become more attentive to Jesus and his word when he, we seek his guidance. Before we know it, we can, we can see and testify how God brought us out and what we learned through the process. And I tell you, that nothing like going through trials and tribulation to learn something through the process. We are so grateful for the truth that we find in the written and revealed word of God. Truth that we know and understand has the power to cause us to be free. Go to John 8 and 32 if you don't mind, please. The book of John chapter 8 and verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And ye shall know, understand, have knowledge, and to be sure of truth, godly truth. And that truth is going to deliver you and liberate you. And it says here, make us free. 
We know that God's written and revealed word is what is true in any matter and any consideration. His word is true when it comes to things that pertain to God and man from a natural and a spiritual perspective. That's why we need to take advantage of the opportunities to learn godly truth by following our omniscient God. And those who are, and those who are guided by the all-knowing God, such as my pastor. Go to Romans 10 and 14. Romans 10 and verse 14. The Bible reads as follows. How then should they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? Notice the problem is, that word believe there is, have confidence and assurance. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Have no confidence, have no assurance, have no trust. So if you don't have trust, you need somebody that trusts Jesus or somebody that's following the omniscient guide to teach you how to trust Jesus. So one of the ways we're going to learn how to trust Jesus is to be in the sanctuary when the word of God is being proclamated. This is one way we learn how to trust Jesus in the sanctuary on a Sunday morning, hearing the written and revealed word of God, hearing God proclamate. This is one way we learn how to trust Jesus. When you hear scriptures being said like this, you say, you know what? I'm learning how to trust Jesus. When, when, when pastor says better is here, better is coming. I'm learning how to trust Jesus. When he says bigger is here and bigger is coming, he's learning how to trust Jesus. When we talk about he is Jehovah Raha, learning how to trust that God will heal my body despite what the doctor said. When you leave provision in your life, you're learning that God will supply every need according to his riches and glory. We're learning that in the sanctuary. So I'm learning how to trust Jesus by being here on a Sunday morning, listening to the word of God. I thank God for the praise and the worship, but this is how I'm learning how to trust Jesus. Because on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday evening, on Thursday afternoon, you got to learn how to trust Jesus. And sometimes you, it ain't because you studied so good, it's because you heard a word and the Holy Spirit brings that word back to your remembrance. You say, you know what, I, I trust Jesus now. Oh, he said, trust the Lord wholeheartedly. And I know what they said, but I'm trusting you, God. I know what they did, but I'm trusting you, God. I know the job is acting funny, but I trust you, God. I know the people are acting funny, but I trust you, God. I know they said this, that, and the other, but I'm trusting you, God. Where did I get that from? I got it from the sanctuary. New Year's Eve. He said, trust the Lord wholeheartedly. I learned it when I was in the sanctuary. I learned it on a Sunday, excuse me, on a Thursday night, New Year's Eve. I learned it on a Sunday morning. I'm learned to follow the omniscient God. When I don't know what to do, I say, God, you know, you said you were God and lead and guide me into all truth. I may not know it, but if I follow your God, what I learned that I learned it in the sanctuary. I learned it from my pastor. I learned it from spiritual leaders in the church. I learned it, and now I'm applying it in my everyday life. That's why I learned it. I learned it. Now, see, we can learn how to trust Jesus from someone who is guided by an all-knowing God. 
when they proclaim the word of God. That's why we allow John 16 and 13 to operate in our lives. Let's go to John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13. It, it reads as follows. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. One thing about truth, truth has creative power. Creative power. That means that whatever you're going through, God can create an answer for you. He can create a way out of what you're going through. He can create something that's going to make your eyes have not seen, no ears heard. He can create finances for you. He can create wholeness for you. He can create something for you that you don't have. Why? Because the spirit of truth. He's going to continue to guide and to lead us into all truth. He's going to do that. He's going to do that because why? He's a personal guide. He's a personal God. So we know about true guys. Their primary purpose is to show people around. They provide directions to tourists, helping people to visit and navigate in unfamiliar places. That's why John 16 and 13 says this. He will guide. He will give direction. He will influence. He will lead. He will show. He will give guidance. You know, God will make a way out of no way. I mean, you'll be going through something. You know how you going to get through it? God, just follow the guy. And sometimes when you're following him, he's making a way as you're following him. You even, listen, you don't realize that before the guy is a bunch of trash, a bunch of obstacles, but God has provided a way through the obstacles in your life. Unbelief, he's providing a way through it. Tragedy, he's providing a way through it. Let's heartache, he's providing a way through it. Something going on in my mind, he's providing me a way through it. I got to continue to follow the God. I got to follow the way he leads me. He leads me to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, he's leading me through the valley. And I go through the valley. He's leading me. He's showing me the way to go. And I need God to show me the way to go. That's why I got to trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, I got to acknowledge him and he is going to direct my path. That's why Solomon is a great example of someone who knew the importance of learning the ways and the word of God. He's a great example of that. That's why when you believe scripture or trust scripture, you learn how to trust the Lord. When you learn scripture, just like Solomon did, he learned scripture. He learned the ways they should. The way the scripture should be. That is how you learn how to trust our all-knowing God. Now, go with me to John 20 and 31. John 20 and 31. One of the ways we learn about, um, learn how to trust God is in the sanctuary. Another way is we got to study scripture. John 20 and 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Another word for believing is trusting. When you study scripture, it helps you to trust God wholeheartedly. When you study the word of God on a day-by-day basis, you trust God wholeheartedly. You saying, God, you know what? I heard what they said, but whose report do I believe? 
I believe the report of the Lord. They say you have this rest of your life. Oh, whose report do you believe? Because they will tell you stuff like that. You know that, right? So in way, somebody said, you know, you're going to have this the rest of your life. And you, you ain't got to get upset. You ain't got to get mad, start slinging all in the middle of the doctor's office. You said, get, look at him, look at him. Don't agree with that if God didn't say it. Don't agree with it. Follow, listen, follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the guy. But don't agree with somebody says something that don't line up. They say you're going to be poor the rest of your life. You're going to be sick the rest of your life. You're going to be depressed the rest of your life. You're going to be, and you be like, don't agree with that. Why? Because God didn't say that. If God said it, then you agree with it. But if he don't say it, man, you ain't give this thing an oil talking about the devil. Let him cast the devil at you, doctor. No, not like that. You just don't agree with him. Do you hear what I said? Yeah, I heard what you said. Do you agree with me? No. <laughs> I know you're a professional and you got 22 degrees on the wall. And I come in here with just me and the Lord. But me and the Lord is greater than your 22 degrees on the wall. If you want to take it there, I'm not going to try to take it there. I'm going to be respectful. But you know what? I believe God. I mean to believe God in the sanctuary. See, when you trust the Lord wholeheartedly, sometimes it's going to go against man's logic. Because they like to lean on their own understanding. They like to lean on what they know, what they study, what they have listen, spent time in school for. They are an expert at certain things. And yeah, I, I do not deny their expertise, but their expertise is not greater than God. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying here? And anytime somebody tell your child going to be a certain way the rest of their life and it's not going to scripture, don't agree with that. Don't agree with that. I used to be horrible at certain things when I was in school, but you know what? I, I didn't stay there. I'm not in high, I've been out of high school a number of years. I can't tell you a number of years now. A long time, okay? What I did in high school is not the same as what it is today. Are y'all following me? And the same thing goes for you. You're not in school anymore. For some of us, the ones that are in school, you just keep on working, get proficient, keep on working at it, and you'll become competent in the things of God as you're led by the Holy Spirit. You could be in the middle of middle school being led by the Holy Spirit. You could be in high school being led by the Holy Spirit. You could be in college led by the Holy Spirit. You could be in trade school, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and being led by the Holy Spirit. Never stop being led by the Holy Spirit. So when you believe scripture, it's going to help you become more proficient in being, uh, believing and trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly. Now, we want to look at what made Solomon write such a profound scripture. What made Solomon write Proverbs chapter 3? Verse 5 and verse 6. And write it in such a way that it is resonating with us today. Let's go to the book of St. Chronicles chapter 1. St. Chronicles chapter 1. St. Chronicles chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. St. Chronicles chapter 1. Now, again, 
when Solomon wrote Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, or when he wrote the book of Proverbs, what made him, or what caused him, what's his background, what, what made this such a powerful text? We're going to look at Second Chronicles starting at verse 1. Now, Sol- we're going to read it. I'm going to read it down, verse 12, and go back and talk about a few scriptures. Now, Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him. And he exalted him exceedingly. And Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, to the judges, to every leader in all Israel, the heads of the father's houses. Then Solomon, all that assembly with him, went to the high place that was at Gibeon for the tabernacle of meeting. For the tabernacle of meeting with God was there which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. But David had brought up the ark of God from Kirjigium to the place David had prepared for it, for he had pitched the tent for it at Jerusalem. Verse 5, Now the bronze altar that Bezir, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon and the assembly sought him there. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give to you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitudes. That give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have made not ask for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life. But have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge you are granted to, are granted to you. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the light. That's powerful, ain't it? Let's go back and look at verse 1. St. Chronicles 11. Let's give me chapter 1, verse 1. Now Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened. I want you to notice something about this. Solomon was already strengthened. He, he was strong, he was courageous, and he was firm in his kingdom of the Lord. And the Lord had already exalted him. He was already powerful and caused to do great things exceedingly. You notice that? But yet Solomon asked for more wisdom. Notice Luke 52, 2 and 52. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. With God and men. Now, let me say this to you. If Jesus increased and Solomon increased, what about us? What about us? We can't go around and say we don't need to increase. If Jesus increased and Solomon increased, we ought to be individuals who study scripture and who hear the written and revealed word and proclamate it. We should be just like this, because if they did it, we should be able. To, we should do it as well. Now, Solomon' name means peace. He was the son of David, as well as his successor. Now, let's go back. Let's go to verse two. 
As Solomon spoke, he charged the people, the captains of thousands and hundreds and judges and to every leader in all Israel and the heads of the father's houses. He dealt with the leaders. He said, leaders, I need you to do something for me. In verse five, let's go to verse five. Now, the bronze altar that Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon and the assembly sought him there. They sought God. They searched for God. They, they seeked after God. He, they went after God. But not only that, he taught the leaders how to go after God. He taught people like you. He taught his family how to go after God. He taught, listen, if you get it down, I want you to pass it down to your family. I need you to pass it down to the ones you're leading. Auxiliary leaders, we learn how to seek God, and then we pass it down to others. Head of households. Hey, head of households. Don't go nowhere. We need to teach our families how to seek God. We don't need to talk about, well, I'm going to let somebody else do it. No, we are the first partakers. And if you don't know how, you come to me, you come to another spiritual mature person, I teach you, and then you take it back to your household. Coming to the church. Hey, what we doing, Pastor? We praying today. Listen, listen. I may not pray like Pastor Dawes. I want you to follow that example. Then one day I'll be praying like you'll be praying better than me. See, the thing is, you got to start somewhere. You got to start. So I told y'all example when I first start going to church. I prayed five minutes, and I didn't know what to pray after that. I mean, I prayed. I thought I prayed something too. I thought I did something, bro. I mean, I thought I had knocked down the walls. Five minutes later, that's all it was. We were praying 30 minutes at the time. And I said, Lord, what am I going to do for the next 25 minutes? And I remember, this, this is a true story, y'all. I hate to admit it, but it's a true story. I didn't know what to pray. So I had to put my head down, call myself, go meditate. Next thing I know, <sighs> I was asleep. <laughs> I was asleep. I went to sleep in the middle of prayer. Fortunately for me, I woke up before prayer was over with. Some people thought I'd be in deep. No, I was asleep. I was asleep, my sister. I was asleep, my brother, because I didn't know what to pray. Now, I can pray 30 minutes and I don't think about it. Are y'all following me? But you got to learn that. You got to learn that. You got to start out from where you at and continue to grow and to learn just like Solomon did, just like Jesus did. You got to grow. Got to grow. Got to grow. Now, let's go to verse 6. And Solomon went up to bronze altar for the Lord which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. Now, you look at Solomon, look at this offering God. It's going to be Solomon has given. He has put a thousand burnt offerings on it. Now, this is the thing you've got to understand. I don't think this was Solomon's first time giving. Solomon was a giver. He was a giver. He was a giver. Then, after he gave... Notice verse 7. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give to you? Ask, well, ask what I should give or grant or provide for you. Prayer time. This is prayer time, y'all. This is prayer time. Solomon knew how important it is to rely on God because he asked him for something that was more reliable than anything. Which brings me to another point I want to give to you. Prayer will cause you to learn how to trust the Lord. Prayer will teach you how to trust the Lord. Let me read scripture. Hold your place here. We're coming back to it. Go to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and verse 15. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 
and verse 15. See, prayer. Remember, we talked about earlier, hearing the word of God, being in the sanctuary under an anointed preacher, a sent one, is one way we learn how to trust God. Another way we learn how to trust God is studying scriptures, because the the scriptures were given for us to believe. Another area is prayer. Prayer will teach you how to trust the Lord wholeheartedly. In fact, these are things you can do every day. Somebody say every day. Every day. Every day. You can pray every day. You can study scripture every day. You ain't got to be real. I ain't talking about being real deep. You need to break it down. And as you, the more you do it, the more proficient you become, the more skilled you become, the more understanding you become, and the more you learn how to trust the Lord wholeheartedly. Notice what 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says. Now, this is the confidence. Notice what John uses here. We have confidence when we, confidence is another word for trust. When, excuse me, confidence that we have in him, if, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. In other words, if I, if I believe God, I'm going to trust him. When I pray, see, prayer automatically really says, when you pray, you know what you're really saying? I trust you, God. See, sometimes we can think our prayers are not that important. But just the fact that you pray, just the fact that you pray, it's a sign that God, hey, they're coming to me asking me for something. Come think about this. I would come to your brother ask you for $10 million if I didn't think you had it. But if I thought you had it. That's a different ballgame. You follow me? If I think you heal my body, I would come to ask you to heal my body because you couldn't heal it. If, but if I didn't think you could deliver me, I wouldn't ask you to deliver me. But if I think you got the power to deliver me, you got the power to heal me, you got the power to bring me out, I come asking you every time to get me out of what I got myself into or whatever the case may be. Confidence. But notice what he said. We get confidence. Confidence is another word for trust. Confidence is another word for trust. We go, go back over. As you're going back over St. Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10, remember the three things we've talked about so far. One, we got to, we're going to hear the word from an anointed preacher. Two, we're going to study scripture because the scripture given us to believe. Three, we're going to pray. Trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly. Trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly. So in verse 10, 2 Chronicles 1 and 10, he says this. What are you asking for? Now, this is prayer time. This is prayer to a conversation with God. God talking to Solomon. He's asking him a question. And now Solomon responding back. Now, give me wisdom. And knowledge that I may go out and come in before the people for who can judge this great people of yours. This is, this is a lot of people, y'all. This is a large number of people. So he asked for wisdom. He wanted to be skillful and shrewd. Now remember, in verse one, he was already, go back to verse one. Go back to verse one real quickly. Back to verse one. He was already strengthened and exalted. He was already strong, courageous, and firm. He was already made powerful and to do great things. But yet he asked 
for more. Are y'all seeing that text here? Verse 10, he asked for more. Why did he ask for more? He knew I had to grow. I can't stay in this position I'm in right now. I've got to learn. I've got to grow. Listen, on your job, you better grow. In your business, you better grow. In your relationships, you better grow. In your financial knowledge, you better grow. Because if not, you get in a situation, God has dropped beans in your pocket, and you won't know how to handle it. You'll bet because you got a million, you can skip and go out of town. You ain't got enough to skip to go out of town. You better bring God his tithes and offer, asking how to increase it even more. I'm gonna, I got 10 million, I'm gonna sit back. Be like that man that Jesus talked about in the scripture. He got a big old, big old, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He got a big old harvest. Hey, I'm gonna sit back and relax and be brief. Just, just chill out. You know what? That very night, the Bible says his life was required of him. Don't you ever think? See, really, he had, really, one, one of the problem was he had stopped, he had decided not to grow. He had decided, I'm going to sit back and just relax. You got skills, you got abilities. You say, well, I'm just going to sit back and relax. I ain't going to practice. I ain't going to study about my auxiliary. I'm not going to try to make my relationship better. I'm not going to try to do this, that, and the other. I'm just going to sit back and relax. But God says, we got to continue to grow and increase like Jesus did and like Solomon did. And so as we do this, it's going to help us to continue to grow. All right, let me go back. Let me go back. We got to verse 10, I think. Was it 10? I believe that Solomon knew it required skill to govern. See, Solomon knew it took it takes skills to govern such a large number of people. It takes, he had to judge. In fact, he had made such a judgment that they say he's one of the wisest people in the earth when he made that judgment. You got to maintain law and order, which he did. Take skills to effectively lead people to a deeper knowledge of Christ as well. Skill means the ability to work and connect with people or a particular thing and do it well. You got to be proficient as well as competent. We, we see how God responded to Solomon, how he believed that he responded to us when we acknowledge him. He gave Solomon more than he could ever imagine. Let me say this. Then Solomon, verse 11, and God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart, your understanding, your mind, and your thinking, and you have not asked riches or wealth. Well, what, one thing we kind of miss in this, and I'm kind of bringing it to your attention, is that Solomon was already great. But yet he said, I need to get better. In the main, because sometimes people, you see athletes all the time. They, they got it made. One, one this past week just got cut. Because one thing I heard in the report says this. He thought he, 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 had, he didn't have to practice no more, bro. He didn't think he had to get any better. And, and yeah, they showed him, though. And I would say this. When you got $10 million on the line, do what you got to do, bro. Don't be sitting around talking about, I got it made. Now, I'm going to do what it takes because this is not guaranteed to me. This is just an opportunity for me. And sometimes when you got an opportunity, you got to take advantage of the opportunity. And we're talking about, you know what, they, they deserve to give me this. No, they don't. I'm sorry. Let me get back on text. Give me a few minutes. I'm about done. Give me a few more minutes. Every leader needs to... Pray this type of prayer. What's the prayer? I need wisdom and knowledge for myself 
so that I can judge my the people God's put put me over that you made me king over. These are your people, God. Literally, you need to pray this prayer. Those over their homes need to pray this prayer. At school, you need to pray this prayer. In your business, and your work, you need to pray this type prayer. And then when you pray this type prayer, I believe your life will get better. I believe your life will get better. Just like St. Chronicles 1 and 12 tells us, Solomon received wisdom and knowledge that granted to him, they were delivered to him, and he gave and he devoted and consecrated the riches and the wealth and honor such as none the kings have who were before him, nor shall any after him after him have the same thing. Now, when you read something like this, this is why Solomon could write Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. This is why he wrote, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Why? Because God had given him wisdom for his people. Not solid people, his people. And so when he wrote this, he didn't write it for himself. He wrote it because he knew that the people following him needed to trust the Lord with all their heart. And lean not on their own understanding. They say, they need to trust him wholeheartedly. They need to trust him with complete sincerity and commitment. Remember, learn is beneficial. It's going to give you a better life, a better mindset, a better way of living, a better relationship, a better way of handling money, and so forth. Learning going to help all that. But remember the ways we talked about we learned today. We're going to learn by hearing the word of God. We learn by studying scripture. And we learn by prayer. Prayer builds confidence in us trusting in the Lord wholeheartedly. And that confidence is our courage, our boldness, and our assurance in Jesus will become more secure and we can better allow our will, our choices, our, pur- our purpose, and our commands to his will. Not my will, but your will be done. Hearing a word from my pastor who's following up an omniscient God, the omniscient God, the study of scripture and prayer These are ways that you can learn how to trust the Lord wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.